Welcome to CTSNet to Go, bringing your discussions about the most relevant topics in cardiothoracic surgery. The Cardiothoracic Surgery Network, known as CTSNet, aims to connect the global cardiothoracic surgical community through communication, collaboration, education, and interaction among cardiothoracic surgeons and their teams across the globe. Learn more at ctsnet.org. My name is Shanda Blackman, and I'm just one of the hosts of CTSNet2Go. In this podcast, you will be exposed to one of the roundtables that will show you what surgeons today are talking about. Welcome to the STS 2017 in Houston. My name's Joel Dunning and I'm delighted to be joined by Assistant Professor Moshi Lieberman from the University of Montreal and Eric Goody, who is a research fellow with him. Uh, the subject we're going to talk about is something that uh, Moshi is an expert on, which is division of pulmonary artery vessels using energy. Uh, I'm really excited about this because one of the limitations of minimally invasive surgery is the staple, staplers. They're large, they can be unwieldy, so this is absolutely a great innovation. But, but as a surgeon who's new to it, you know, we're often quite nervous about uh, division of, of the vessels. So, so we'd love to hear about this. And what I'm going to do is actually play one of your videos and if you don't mind telling me while we're playing this video how you divide vessels. Uh, so I'll just start the video now. Thanks Joel, it's great to be here. This is a uh, right lower lobectomy and um, the uh, bronchus has been uh, divided and uh, now we're uh, just uh, going over uh, the pulmonary branches. We usually measure the branches in vivo to make sure they're seven millimeters or less uh, when using uh, ultrasound energy as in this video here. And you can see that the vessel's been skeletonized, all lymph nodes have been removed or pushed up into the lobe to be resected. And then we simply uh, seal the vessel, trying to leave a little bit of a stump. Uh, we try to leave the active blade or the black blade, the hotter blade, far from the uh, main pulmonary artery and from any other branches which has, have not yet been sealed, as well as away from the bronchus. Here's another vessel uh, being, being sealed. You can see the lymph nodes have been dissected away. And then we'll pass the uh, vessel sealing device around it, make sure uh, the jaws are all the way through, and then release tension on the vessel before we activate. Works quite well uh, for small vessels, short vessels, vessels that are uh, not uh, posteriorly free so that it's uh, difficult to get a stapler around because there's a bronchus or another pulmonary artery branch in the back. And here you can see this uh, left upper lobectomy uh, being performed uh, here we're looking at a left uh, upper lobectomy. This is the uh, posterior branch. We've measured it. It's around four or five millimeters. And uh, you can see uh, the stapler, uh, sorry, the uh, energy device is being uh, brought through the access port. You can bring it from any of your ports. If you're doing multiportal or uniportal, you can always bring it through the anterior port. And it works very nicely. Here you'll see this small vessel being divided. Again, all tension taken off before sealing. And you don't use any clips or any ties on the proximal side? That's a good question. I think that you can. I think that if it makes you feel more comfortable, uh, you're, you're, you can easily place a clip. Uh, the vessels are not dissected uh, too much, but there's always enough room because this is much smaller than a stapler uh, to add a proximal clip if you want. Uh, in our uh, preclinical and uh, clinical trials, uh, we've not used uh, clips on these uh, vessels, and I think uh, we've not seen any uh, major bleeding in uh, uh, they work quite well, but I think that if it makes you feel more comfortable, the, the goal is to get the patient's lobe out without doing a thoracotomy and get them home early. So if it makes you feel safer to put a clip on it, go ahead, but I don't, I don't believe it's necessary. 
I heard a great comment in a, in a conference when someone put a clip and then did some energy and somebody put their hand up and said, which one don't you trust? Exactly. Because really you've got to trust one of them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Good point. But uh, again, I think that if you have not used energy and uh, you're thinking about using it for VATS or robotic lobectomy, I think the best way to convince yourself would be to start and do it on an open lobectomy case that you were doing for some other reason, uh, you know, a large tumor, a case that was a redo, and that might give you the confidence to move uh, into VATS or robotic uh, with these devices, which for us have really changed our practice and made the operation much easier and safer, I think. Yeah, so you've had a vast amount of experience using this. You've also done quite a lot of animal studies. I mean, what are the limits uh, of, of division? I mean, how big can you go? I know your study's going to say seven millimeters, but how big can you go? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Uh, you know, FDA approval uh, for and uh, Health Canada in, in Canada and all the uh, uh, societies around the world, uh, the, this device, the one we're showing here, has been approved to seven millimeters and including seven millimeters. We have sealed larger vessels. Uh, in humans uh, a couple times, sometimes with good results, sometimes not. And I've sealed very large uh, vessels in animals uh, with very poor results. I would say that the jaws of that instrument, the one we showed in that video, are about 10 millimeters. So if you're taking a bigger vessel or even up to 10 millimeter vessel, you're really squeezing it to get it into the jaw. The vessel is then folding as opposed to being put together in a flat way. And uh, that, in our experience, has not been uh, positive. I think that these devices probably could do bigger vessels, but the uh, footprint of the device will have to be changed, and, and the arms or the the uh, the arms will have to be lengthened to allow those vessels to go in without folding. So uh, you're an expert on all different types of the devices. So if you don't mind, I'm going to show you a second video. It's from my own collection, just uh, showing the two other mates, the the NCL and the Ligshaw. Maybe we'll just talk about the sort of pros and cons of it. So I'll just start this video now. Uh, I'll just let you know what I'm doing. So this is a, um, a right upper lobe vein. So I wanted to use the, uh, the, the N-seal uh, to divide this. So I broke it into four uh, segmental parts and did them all as little segmental vessels. So I wonder if you could make some comments on, on both the N-seal and also the difference between energy devices to a vein and an artery. Yeah, well, I think that it's a very good question, and I like uh, this uh, example where you sort of split the vein up to, to have smaller pieces so that it's able to be uh, sealed. One of the nice parts about NSEAL is that it doesn't divide, uh, so if you want to reapply or do a couple applications because you're worried, you can always look and see if it's sealed and then reapply a little bit distally, which you don't have uh, with the uh, ultrasonic device. Uh, the uh, the uh, device it has not been tested extensively, at least in our laboratory, so I can't give you any uh, uh, clinical trial data, but I think it works very nicely, and you see here, and I imagine you're showing this case because the patient did well yeah. and, and this, went home so and didn't now, have a problem. Yeah. So this is now the Ligasure, the previous was NSEAL, and this is now yeah. a Ligasure device. So uh, do you see any difference between NSEAL and Ligasure? Uh, I'd say that, again, I think one of the advantages to this device is you can do exactly as you're showing, the, the seal and then cut, so that you can feel more comfortable that you've uh, uh, divided uh, uh, an actually closed vessel as opposed to with uh, ultrasound where it seals and, and opens. Uh, the, I think uh, both devices uh, have their uh, pros and cons and, and I would say that we, we, at least in our lab and, and in the world literature, there's not been a ton of data, prospective data looking at them, so it's hard to sort of know where it all falls out. But I think the people are using it, uh, like you, and, and we have used it too, with sometimes good results. And uh, I think that that needs to be further studied. In terms of the veins, I would say that these devices were all developed for systemic vessels. 
and the veins of the lung and the veins of systemic circulation are pretty similar. So I, I have no qualms taking a vein. I would say the pulmonary artery, none of these devices were tested uh, or um, even though they have approval for pulmonary arteries, they were all tested on systemic arteries and they just sort of got approval based on the fact that these are arteries. And I think that is where we're more uh, hesitant, but I think that as you showed, for veins seven millimeters and less, you, you can do them and probably a little bigger, but again, I don't want to give you the, the approval for that. Yeah, well, well, you talked about a study, and, uh, and Eric, you're helping uh, Moshi with a study. I wonder if you could just tell us a little about the study that you're helping to run. So we're running a multi-center clinical trial, phase two. Uh, we're about 10 centers. We want to recruit 150 patients in whom we're going to seal at least one pulmonary artery branch with uh, our device. Yeah, and what are those outcome measures? What are you actually going to look at? We're going to look at uh, seal failure intraoperatively and postoperatively if there is any seal failure. And, and how's the study getting on at the moment? How close are you to, to getting it going and how many patients are you going uh, to it's, it's up and running at our centre and uh, around 10 centres are going to join soon. Uh, yeah, take that to 150 patients. Yeah, that's great. How, how, how long do you think it'll take to get an answer on yeah, safety? I, the, you know, we're really looking at the immediate and short-term safety, so it's not a, a longitudinal study looking at uh, cancer mortality, so it's much easier in terms of that. Uh, I would say that uh, probably within a year and a half we should have all the data once all of the other centers are up and running. Uh, also, with the study, there will be a cost-effectiveness analysis that will be added, uh, which I think is really important uh, with these devices as we try to figure out where they fit clinically and where they fit in the health economic model of different uh, payer systems. So we're going to be looking at that with the devices and trying to see how much more or less they may cost uh, per patient. And do you have a hunch on cost effectiveness? I mean, if you take two, two vessels that you're going to staple otherwise, that's pretty much cost effective, would you say? Yeah, I would say that in the hospitals like ours, where we use energy regardless of the pulmonary artery vessels, it's a cost saver because any staple load that you save, you're saving money because we're using the device anyways for lymph nodes, bronchial dissection, inferior pulmonary ligament, and bronchial arteries. In centers that don't use energy uh, as part of their robotic or their vatslobectomy, it's going to be hard. It's going to be interesting to see, and it will depend on how many vessels per case are taken. If you do a right upper lobectomy, you have usually one branch that you're going to be able to seal with energy, unless you want to uh, split the apical trunk into multiple segments, and so there the cost may not be as evident, whereas when you do a left upper lobe uh, and you can take three or four branches, I think there you're going to see cost savings. So uh, we're going to see and I think uh, it's going to be interesting not only to see the clinical uh, differences but also the cost differences with these devices. Great. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for coming and spending time with us. You've just come straight off the podium uh, giving a talk to the STS on this, so thank you very much for your time. And, uh, and I think it's really exciting. It's a really exciting new way to divide vessels. So from myself and everyone at CTSnet, can I just say thank you very much? Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening to CTSnet to go your resource for podcasts focusing on cardiothoracic surgery. Find more discussions as well as surgical videos and other cardiothoracic surgery resources at ctsnet.org. You can also keep up with CTSNet by subscribing to the YouTube channel at CTSNet Video, by following at CTSNet.org on Twitter, or by liking CTSNet's page on Facebook. I'm Shanda Blackman. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of CTS Net to Go.
Have a great day.